Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created the show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. The Akashic Records, also called the Book of Life, originated with Madame Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophist spiritual movement in the late 19th century. Theosophy draws upon the teachings of older European philosophies and Eastern religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism. Akasha is the Sanskrit word for aether, sky, or atmosphere. Madame Helena characterized it as a life force, calling it indestructible tablets of astral light which record both the past and future of human thought as well as action. English theosophist Alfred Percy Sinnott later introduced the notion of Akashic records in his book Esoteric Buddhism when citing another theosophist, Henry Steele Olcott's book about the Buddhist concept of akasa, or space. Olcott explained that early Buddhism held to a permanency of record in the akasa and that man man had the potential capacity to also read them when he reached his true individual enlightenment. In 1899, English theosophist and author C.W. Leadbeater coined the term Akashic Records. In his book, Clairvoyance, he identifies the Akashic Records as something a clairvoyant can read. In the early 20th century, Austrian philosopher and theosophist Rudolf Steiner took the concept of Akashic records even further through his anthroposophy movement or the scientific exploration of the spiritual world. Steiner, also a gifted clairvoyant, used his ability to access the records himself and provide universal cosmic wisdom, shedding light on the mystery of Atlantis and Lumeria. He also claimed to have insight into the life of Jesus Christ, which was not revealed in the Bible, which he wrote about in his book, The Fifth Gospel from the Akashic Records. Another to help popularize the Akashic Records was Edgar Cayce. Considered one of the most documented psychics of all time, Cayce gave readings using the Akashic Records for over 40 years. In fact, when Cayce was asked for the source of his information, he replied that there were two. The first, the subconscious mind of the individual he was reading, and the second was the Akashic Records. Casey explained that although the records do not exist on a physical plane, that an individual who was in alignment with themselves could hear, read, and experience the information from this mental plane. It is a resource of information, a library that is available to everyone. Casey often described it like a movie theater, which offered up information most helpful and hopeful to the person at that time. In 1934, Casey not only explained how the Akashic Records were written, but also shared how we could access them. Casey said that any type of action, thought, desire, or deed creates a type of activity of vibration. This vibration then marks on the mesh of space and time and is then permanently identified with the individual responsible. Although the records are not visible as they exist on that mental plane, they are as noticeable to anyone who is sensitive as words on a page to anyone with sight. While Casey said anyone can access their records, he felt it was also very possible for people to misinterpret them. Interpreting the Akashic records can be clouded by one's own belief systems, 
experiences, as well as intentions. Casey believed the purpose of the Akashic Records is to find self-expression of the soul. Through the records, the soul can gain wisdom on its own identity and how certain choices led to specific experiences. Aside from the soul becoming aware of its identity, it will also be guided to its true relationship with Source as one with love. Casey believed we are here gathering experiences while our bodies serve as a temporal home. We are not our physical bodies, but instead spiritual beings having a physical existence. Yet so many of us are looking for that life manual. Perhaps the Akashic Records are just that. But in order to access them, while it is said we can use meditation, prayer, or a facilitator, we must be first willing to be curious. By looking at our Akashic Records, we are also choosing to make a commitment to ourselves and our soul, instead of aimlessly wandering, allowing others to dictate and influence our lives. We get to live our lives with intention and to our fullest potential while understanding our place in the world. As Edgar Cayce said, For he that expects nothing shall not be disappointed, but he that expects much, if he lives and uses that in hand, day by day, shall be full to running over. Today on Love from Hip, the Hip, it's my pleasure to have Jen Duchenne on my show. Jen is an Akashic mentor, soul guide, and creator of the Illuminating Journey cards. Jen will share her wisdom of the Akashic records and how she uses it in her healing work. She will also touch on numerology and the energy for this year. Plus, she will be graciously offering a mini intuitive reading to you. So stick around for this exciting show. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. 
Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Jen Duchenne on my show. Jen is an Akashic mentor, soul guide, and creator of the Illuminating Journey cards. Hi, Jen. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Sakura. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> and I know we're keeping you up late. Where are you joining us from? Uh, Lisbon. Beautiful. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been an Akashic mentor? Well, I've been uh, working with the records for about 12 years, I believe. Um, and how did you come to learn about the Akashic records? Well, I went through my own experience. So a dark night of the soul, you might call it. Um, I had spent most of my life, I was very kind of spiritual when I was a little kid and then lost that and was made a lot of effort to kind of be normal. Mm. And uh, it just got to the point when I was in my 50s where it just, it just got very dark. Like I didn't want to be here. Mm. And I felt completely just burnt out. Like there's no point. Like it's as if all the light went out of my being. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And uh, then I realized, or at that moment, I had that opportunity to just keep going down or make a different choice. And the choice I made was to stay, or I was kind of given that opportunity to see things differently. Mm. And um, and then I decided through that experience, uh, because I was just so depressed, like what what can I do, was that I would just follow the signs. That was kind of the instructions I was given. That's what I decided I would follow the signs. And that's what I did. I followed the signs. I just kind of started doing the things that felt good to me. I didn't have to have a reason why. I wasn't trying to, you know, be the, you know, that ideal person. I wasn't trying not to be weird. I was just like, none of that stuff worked all my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is what I'm going to do. And as I did that, I was like called to go to different places and I landed up going somewhere where I learned about the Akashic Records. I'd never even heard of it. And and it just spoke to you. I was like, what is this? I got to know about it. <laughs> and about now, six months later, I met somebody who was a reader of the Akashic Records and um, I went and had a reading and I was like, okay, what is this? Whatever this is, I want to learn about it. And that was it. So how did the Akashic Records bring you peace personally? 
Well, I think one of the key things was that I was so lost all my life. Um, from when I was around seven, when I had decided, you know, to try to follow what humans were doing. And um, what it did was give me grounding, give me roots, help me to recognize there was nothing wrong with me. I wasn't mm. some kind of weird, oddball. I was exactly who I meant I was meant to be. So it allowed me to embrace yeah. you know, my own wisdom, my own soul, my own expression. Now, were you ever a skeptic of it? Uh, well, I did. Um, well, I, I wasn't a skeptic of the records because when I was uh, going through my all those years of being lost, I certainly had my uh, skepticism of spirituality. Mm. Um, because even though I was very spiritual and connected and uh, full of joy when I was a child, my experiences after that, until I went through that dark night of the soul and came out of it, were not pleasant. I was riddled with anxiety. I was uh, just completely... Um, lost and i didn't believe that uh spiritually it was kind of weird because a part of me was like yeah i know his spirituality exists uh, i believe in a, a bigger energy but the other part of me didn't and mm. i know now like a lot of things i didn't know then but one of the things was for many people um, who have been through these kinds of experiences where they've lived many lives as uh, or it had many experiences where they've given away their power, lost sense of who they are, uh, which I think is many people. Yeah. Um, there's also a loss of connection to the divine. So a sense of betrayal by God or betrayal by spirituality that then can turn us away from that stuff. Right. And that's kind of how I, I felt about it. Or a lack of self-worth, right? That you deserved it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's just like however you translate it, like whatever your experience and your filter is, you're going to translate, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, like there's something wrong with me or I don't deserve to be treated right. I mean, just looking at the um, typical focus of, say, religion, which is a sense of belief or how it sets up culture, is this idea that we have to suffer mm. uh, and that we're basically uh, terrible Missing Being. something. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But not just missing something, but that we are not good, mm -hmm. right? That we are, um, that God or whatever that energy will not approve of us. So we must really suffer because of how we suck. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right. So, so tell us what can accessing the Akashic Records help people with? Well, it's such a great question because there's so many things it can help us with. But one of the greatest things is it can, it, because we access our souls or our soul records, and we have these keepers who have never been sentient, which means uh, they've never taken any form outside of the records. They are pure creator energy. So they don't have an agenda. They're not trying to make us do something. They're not trying to make us believe anything. They're just there to deliver information. Uh, and I know in your intro, you were saying that about how 
uh, who was it, Steiner, was talking about um, the influence of the personal filter, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're connecting to the records, they don't have any of that because they're not trying to make you do something. However, based on your questions, because it is a divination tool, based on your questions on your approach, you can not only discover like what is what we might think of is in our way. What is stopping you from expressing who you are, uh, fulfilling your purpose, um, understanding who you are, loving the being you are, all of those things are available. So basically it can be anything, anything that stops you from having the experience you wanna have of experiencing what it's like to have heaven on earth, to not feel like somehow you're not supposed to have what you desire. Mm. Again, not being good enough. So right. these keepers that you were talking about um, that appear only in the records, do they have a certain appearance to them or is it an energy? It's more of an energy. They don't really, like they can, if they take on a form, it is, uh, it's, it's not like we expect, like a person, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't look like that. They are, um, they don't have like faces, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have names. They're not here as personalities. Like the thing that uh, differentiates us from each other is not just our soul makeup or the choices we've made as a soul, but it's the choices we make as a personality. So as a human form, we have a personality and that is connected to our ego, right? Because right. it's a lot of times what we think of as desire, I really want that, which can often be uh, this um, compulsion to want something, to want more things, to want to impress people, to have an opinion, my opinion is right. That's all connected to the personality. It has nothing to do with the soul. Hmm. So uh, we can get confused about the two, but basically, the record keepers don't have a personality in the way we do. They can have humor and things like that, but um, they don't show up to us in that way because they're like librarians, mm. really. Okay. You know, just going to the library and picking a book. I want to know <laughs> something. So and I often say, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to you know, go ahead and finish. <laughs> oh, I was going to say how I talk to my students when I'm teaching about the records is it's like when you go to the library and you go, oh, I want a book on cooking, right? The mm -hmm. librarian just points to the section that has cooking. But if you come in and you're very specific and you go, I want to have this recipe that's Vietnamese and has noodles and peanut sauce, then they can actually point you to the actual book. Mm. Okay. So you have to be very specific. Well, uh, yes, if you want real answers. <laughs> right, right, right. Because this is about connecting to our power. Like the difference between thinking someone else is telling us what to do, which is an old fashioned idea. I approach spirit and spirit tells me what to do because I don't have any power or somebody does, as opposed to, what am I willing to do and what will I do and what's in the way of me being able to do it? I see. Now, how do you access these records and how do you know you're there? 
So uh, I use a, um, a vibrational key, which is similar to a prayer. So I know you mentioned there's different ways to get in, but for me, that's the most powerful. So the vibrational key, and it's very high vibration. So there are many people who use a key to get in or a prayer, but just like anything, we have to move with the vibration of the times. So Edgar Casey, for example, was called the sleeping prophet. And the reason why he was called the sleeping prophet was he would have to go into a trance in order to access this material. Nowadays, we don't have to go in a trance, right? Mm. We're I'm conscious when I'm doing it. We are conscious while we're doing it. But what's the vibration that we're receiving this information at can make a difference to the kind of information we can access. Mm. And is that how you know you're there is by the vibration, the way you feel? Yes, uh, it's a vibrational feeling. It's also knowing the kinds of information I can get. Mm-hmm. It's not like being psychic, even though I know part of your intro, you were talking about how in the in the past, people would say, well, it's clairvoyance, right? right? Well, clairvoyance is part of having a seer's ability, your clairs, they help you to recognize or receive information kind of through the atmosphere, right? Right. But uh, somebody who's psychic uh, or considers themselves a psychic, and it also depends on what kind of psychic, receives information differently. When you're working like me, I work with the records, it's the energy is a channel. I know things I cannot possibly know about somebody. Now, are you also visualizing something? Like I've spoken to other practitioners who will see an actual library. Is there anything visual that comes up for you? You're talking about when I open the records or when I'm in the records? When you're, yeah. Yeah. I don't see a library. That's not something that I see when I open my records. Like it's it's very different. Like when I first started and was new, I would see myself like going up a mountain mm. and kind of arriving in a place. And I'm like, where am I? Now <laughs> I don't see that because it's very quick, right? It's instant. So because the vibration, my connection is very clear and very fast. But it wasn't like that when I was learning. So some people see a library. Again, it depends on the person, on their vibration, the vibration of the key they're using. Uh, But there's, yes, I do see pictures when I'm reading for people, working with people. Um, I get information in different ways. So I'm clairsentient. I will hear or know. I will know things. Okay, yeah. So I know something I didn't know before. Now, do you have to get permission to access these records? Yes, because it's all permission-based. Like, first of all, you can only read the records of somebody you have permission for, and this is all about integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, anyone could just open the records of anyone. It's like an abuse of of your power is to just go and invade somebody else's um, information. Right. Now, the records present past, present, and future. Are, are right. you, is it constantly a combination of all three? Or what do you find in working with your clients? Uh, it's Yes, it's a combination of three. But let's just, first of all, the power of the past is that we can change our memory of the past. 
right? So most of us focus on the past, like we remembering what happened to us. And so we live like that, right? We are constantly going, oh, holding a story. This happened to me as a child, or I was told I'm no good at math. And the rest of my life, I'm going to have that story. I'm no good at math, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Or I never meet the man I want or whatever the story is. And those reasons for holding that is like a memory that's being trapped in our system, right? In our cellular memory. So it's vibrational that holds in our body and it controls our experience. So when we're going back in the records, a person asking a question, why can't I have a, why can't, why do I keep having the same relationship with somebody? Why can't I meet the man I love? Why can't I get the job I want? Why is there always something in my way? We're looking at the past because there is something that's coming up for a reason. It could be from the childhood, could be from a previous life. It's a belief that is attached to the person, mm, right? Mm -hmm. So by changing the belief, which we can do in the records with the help of the record keepers, the person releases that energy. Because I work with people who have uh, memories, they don't even know they have the memories, but they feel like, why can't I just express what I want to express? Why do I feel like I have to be a people pleaser, right? right. Like I really want to break away from this thing and I can't, I keep doing this work and I can't get away. And those can be very deep seated, hidden energies of the past. So bringing them out and releasing them. So people will go, well, I can actually feel energetically, you know, these uh, tires breaking off my hands. I can feel my heart opening. Mm. I feel this energy, like kind of, you know, like I'm free. Right. That's the past, right? Yeah. But of course it impacts the future. The present is being here. So we're not looking at what happened to me yesterday, what happened to me 300 years ago, uh, but we're looking at where is it that I am focused on a past belief that's stopping me from going forward, mm. right? So that's how we have to look at the present. So. The record keepers are fantastic for giving practical advice. So it's not only energetically removing stuck energy, it is also getting the person to take different steps. Because remember, we can, we can shift energy all day long, but right. if we don't change what we're doing, we're just gonna repeat the same thing over and over. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that's the second step of changing. Like the action you take has to be different. You have to train yourself to think differently in the present. When we're talking about the future, that's potential, right? Mm -hmm. So the future is not written in stone. And so there can be things that are available to us in the future because, you know, that's like our destiny. But that depends what we're doing. If you ask me a question and say, well, what's going to, am I going to, where am I going to meet my beloved, right? And well, maybe you could meet them tomorrow on the corner. <laughs> but what if you don't go out tomorrow? Right. Right. So we have to be really careful about 
future projections because what happens with future stuff is it's not guaranteed mm -hmm. because it's changeable depending on what we do and what we see the other free thing will, about right? free will exactly yeah. it's all about the free will but the other thing is when we hear something about the future then we're going to think about it so if we hear oh i'm going to meet my love on the corner of you know street a and b then it starts to narrow our vision Mm. and limits what is possible that makes future, a lot of sense right yeah. we don't want to limit what's available to us because but that's how humans are we want a guarantee right of course. that's what we're asking <laughs> you of know, course. tell me what i need to know but the point is for the soul and even for the physical body we have to be able to walk in the dark we mm. have to be able to live with the unknown which is part of why we're experiencing what we're experiencing now. Right, exactly. Well, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take a quick break. But everyone stay tuned up for the weekly Skinny Up next and hear more about under-eyed dark circles. On this weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about dark circles under the eyes. Most people chalk dark circles under the eyes up to lack of sleep. While this is partially true, there are a lot of other reasons for them. These can include allergies, sun damage, anemia, frequent rubbing of the eyes, smoking, thyroid conditions, dehydration, dermatitis, or even be related to the eye medication one is using, such as that for glaucoma, which can also discolor the eyelid itself as well. Another big contributing factor is aging. As we age, our skin thins because we lose collagen, and we already have thinner skin under our eyes. In fact, the skin under our eyes is 10 times thinner than the rest of our face. Aside from our skin thinning more as we age, some people tend to lose more fatty tissue under their eyes, which causes the area under their eyes to hollow out. This in turn allows the blood vessels to become more visible, causing a darkening effect. Another contributing factor is our genes, and this family trait can show up early on in our childhood and worsen with age. While there are certain things you can do for the prevention or even treatment of dark circles, some of the basics include reducing stress, drinking more water, sleeping, wearing sunglasses, and using a good eye cream, which includes antioxidants and vitamins like A, C, and E. Also, when experiencing an allergic reaction and or eye dryness, while the itchiness may make you want to rub your eyes, don't. The constant rubbing only worsens the symptoms, causes more inflammation, and can break blood vessels, resulting in darkening under the eyes as well. Facials are also a great way to address the dehydration and stagnant circulation, which can often contribute to under-eye dark circles. In addition, chemical peels and microneedling can help decrease hyperpigmentation, which also increases the darkness of the skin under the eyes as well. Some more aggressive treatments recommended by doctors for under-eye circles can include laser therapy, topical bleaching agents, getting filler, and even a lower-lid blepharoplasty. Getting injectable fillers under the eye can help to address the volume loss under the eye, which causes the dark circles. In contrast, a lower-lid blepharoplasty will address too much volume or fat. This surgery removes the fat under the eyes, decreasing the shadow cast by the eyelid, in turn, lessening the appearance of dark circles. Peach fuzz is great. 
if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S A K U R A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just tuning in, I am interviewing Jen Duchenne today. And if you would like Jen to pull a card for you, you can call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Jen, when you're explaining the Akashic Records and the past, present, and future, when focusing Mm -hmm. on the past, can you address a collective memory to clear the block? Yes, that's a great question. And yes, absolutely, because so many things, you know, each lifetime that we have we're coming in to have a different experience about certain things. So this could be connected to what we call karma, which means unfinished business. So if, for instance, um, you're coming to clear the idea that you, you haven't really experienced real love for a long time or success in your business or something like that, then in this lifetime, if that's what you're here to kind of Uh, connect to, you're going to have experiences that that are going to push you or challenges that are going to keep coming up and going, oh, I can't get further in my business. Look, I'm being rejected by love. And those really are pushing you to do something different. Right. So when you're having a reading and you're asking those kinds of questions, like, why is it that I can't do this? Then the record keepers will take me, for instance, the reader, to the information that's the most valuable at this time. So the most agitated energy that needs to be cleared. And then if there's other energies to be cleared around that, it will be cleared. That's available. But you know, you have to think about this as in layers. So sometimes we can clear something and it's gone. You know, a person says, oh, I can't write a book. And suddenly, wow, I'm writing a book. <laughs> Wouldn't, you know, haven't felt love and now I'm, you know, and that could take, it could be very quick or could take a year, right? Because right. some of these are smaller, bigger things. Um, but sometimes what happens, a lot of times with big things, yes, you can clear stuff, you move forward, you're taking different action, and then you come back and you hit it again. So it's kind of like how we live our lives. Like we we clear something and it feels fantastic. And then we can go further and start doing things. Then we hit another, another trigger. Area. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Around a similar thing, because we're doing a spiral, right? We're mm. going deep and deep. And people often say that, like, I'm sure you see that in your work, too. Absolutely. Oh, I'm here again. So <laughs> yes, we can clear as much as available. And it does depend on many things. How proactive are you? to going towards because what happens is we can still be stuck in our beliefs you know this idea as a collective as an individual that somehow something is not available to me right so just depending on your own process and many things um, it can be you know super easy or it can take a long time all right well thank you for that 
Well, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Marie on the phone from Seattle. Marie, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi, Marie. Hi. Do you have a specific question for Jen, or did you just want her to pull a card for you? Um, I'll just have her pull a card. Perfect. All right. So I'm just going to shuffle my cards. Let's see. All right, Marisa, I'm, I'm pulling you a card. It's Soul Portal from the Illuminating Journey deck, number 32. And this card is uh, speaking to the idea that what would be valuable to you at this time is to really um, focus on yourself and on clearing or releasing what you believe is your burden or what you're supposed to do. So this is a time for you to focus on your spiritual journey, on your truth, on the expansion of the love and delight of being who you are. Hmm. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds lovely. I, I, I spent the last couple of years focusing on my parents and they both died and, and it's it's hard for me not to focus on somebody else, but I think that card made it clear. Hmm. Right. Great. Mm. Well, Thank thanks, you. Thanks for calling in, Marie. Okay, bye. All right. We've got Sandra on the line from Seattle. Sandra, are you there? I am here. Hi, Sandra. Do you have a specific question for Jen, or did you just want her to pull a card? I just want a card pulled. Okay. Thank you. All right. Sandra, I'm shuffling the cards. Let's see what you need. Well, Sandra, you have uh, Soul Portal number 31. So this card here is talking about you taking a deep breath, just taking a deep breath right now, because you're being called to recognize the treasure that you contain within you, what's available to you. It feels like you've been looking outside of yourself to know your value. And this card is calling you to recognize the value within you. Perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good message for today. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. So, so Jen, can everyone access their records? Yes, actually. Uh, now that we're all incarnated with light, so our uh, the world is very different now, right? So say when Edgar Cayce, Rudolf Steiner, people before, I mean, we had people that accessed the records, Leonardo da Vinci, all these people that had these extraordinary gifts. Uh, but now it's available to anyone who is interested in enough, in, interested enough in doing it because there's so many ways of learning how to do it. I myself, as I mentioned, I teach people how to access the records. Uh, and the, yeah. I use a, a proven method that's very uh, successful. Uh, however, not everyone is called, right? So if you're called to it and it's something that feels like, wow, this really feels like my path, uh, it's often people that are seeking that connection to their soul. They know there is more. They feel that. 
so many people understand that when they connect to the records that it's like feeling the love that they have been seeking to be connected to this extraordinary light this extraordinary love this feeling of i'm not weird Mm. i'm not bizarre there's nothing wrong with me and this is what i'm here to do to connect to it and read in the way that i read because everyone is has has different gifts different focus and different access when they read the records. And how often should we be accessing our records? Is there a math formula for that? <laughs> no, it really is. The more you, you, you connect, the clearer the channel. It just becomes easier and easier. So uh, some people don't do it very often. Uh, I think that people should do it as often as possible. You know, it's mm. like, daily because this is your spiritual hygiene the more you connect with a high vibration of this pure energy the easier it is for you to get over the suffering or the conditioning that's been you know kind of pressed on us that we are here to suffer and that life is hard and i can't have what i want and all those things is really understanding the um the connection that we have to this love to this light to this experience of being an expanded uh, uh, being that has a body like the point is our vessel our body we're here to have this incredible experience that we cannot have without a body but the reason that we are suffering or have a hard time is because we believe all these limitations and the more we connect to the records, the more we understand that those limitations are not true. Mm. Right? Yeah. So wonderfully put. Right. Yeah. So that's why we want to keep connecting because we're increasing the vibration. We're increasing the joy. We have so much joy when we're connected <laughs> to the records. We yeah. feel so lighthearted because that's the energy, the vibration of losing all this density so we can have this incredible experience in our physical bodies. Lovely. Well, with that, we're going to take another break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was 
before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, I'm interviewing Akashic mentor, soul guide, and creator of Illuminating Journey Cards, Jen Duchenne. So, Jen, you have so many tools in your tool chest. You're also a numerologist, which is amazing. Um, can we talk about the energy of the year and what it holds? Yes, I would love to. Yes, numerology is very exciting. It's another divination tool, so it helps us to understand what we're experiencing. And that's one of the keys with numbers is because it's such a powerful way for us to connect to universal information. So the numbers for this year are, as in every year, are so revealing. So let's just break it down. We have 2022, which is very rare because we have three of the same digits. This doesn't happen very often. One time before that, uh, well, probably before that, but 1011 Hmm. was the last time we had three ones and now we have three twos so it's going to be a long time before we have three threes so this is massive just that itself is massive the twos connect us to relationships to the harmony or the balance between two polarities so it's about finding our connection to the divine as well as um, how we function in the world, because two is also part of manifesting. So it's that connection. Two is a connecting piece, makes it very valuable. It's seen as a female sign or, uh, or energy. And it is also connecting us to our intuition. So the idea of recognizing there are two sides to everything And I have an expression that I use for two, which is be a diplomat, not a doormat. Mm. How do we say what we want to do? How do we connect in the way we want to without uh, creating more problems? So it's a bridge. It's a very sacred, powerful bridge. We know and understand there are two sides to every story. And where do I want to stand in between the two? Where do I want to be? So is it preparing us for next year as well? Yes, it's preparing us for next year, but it's also preparing us for the whole time of twos. This We're in twos for a very long time now, mm. and two is about the collective. It's about being who we are in the collective. But in order to function in the collective, we have to know who we are. And the two is helping us to understand who we are. How do we relate to the world, to ourselves? When you have three twos, the way we do right now, that gives you six, because two plus two plus two, right? Mm-hmm. Six. When we have the zero, the 20, that gives us this divine energy. It expands what we are experiencing. We're going through enormous change because we've moved from the ones to the twos. 
We're in the 21st century. This is about connecting to our truth, the truth that will set us free. But mm. we first, we have to know what that is. We have to understand how what we do impacts, what we do, what we think, what we say impacts everything else, right? Yeah. So that's so powerful. And that's why we have this repetition of twos. And what else it is, uh, powerful in the sense like the three twos I was talking about, right? Make six. Yeah. Six is the number of love. It's an emotional number. It's a number of loving our home, creating beauty, connecting to others, to our, our local community, our family, to beauty, to being of service. So how we show up in the joyful expanse of loving who we are, loving how we live our lives, loving who we are connecting to, because we're choosing this. Two is also a number of choosing. So here we have this emphasis on making choices because we want to live in beauty. So as opposed to fooling ourselves, this is truly about being in the place of recognizing our actions make a difference, our thoughts. How are we in service to joy? How are we in service to what we believe in? How are we showing up in kindness and love to our families, our environment, the people in our local communities? Mm. So we're dropping the victim card completely. <laughs> we're trying <Yes>. to. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, one of the, the things about the, the six that's so powerful, because you we must choose to do the things that are valuable to us, that are true to us. And if we choose something, but we say something else, right, mm -hmm. then we are lying about what we're doing. And so we are infiltrating our choices with lies, with with um uh, fooling ourselves with illusion, with delusion, right? right? Because we are the ones that create the truth or we are the ones who deny the truth. So uh, we are responsible, which means we must respond to what is true for us. When we take that word responsible, it's not I have to do what other people want me to do. No, I want to do this. So if it's a, like, for instance, we want to have a certain experience. I want to have this job, right? I want to have more um, authority, whatever, uh, greater uh, experience in my job. We have to do certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So we can say, I don't want to do that. And then we're infiltrating that experience with negative energy. Or we go, I'm choosing where I want to go. So therefore, I happily do the things that I'm doing. That doesn't mean we don't feel our feelings. If we're angry, if we're sad, we can feel all those things, but we can feel them and release them. We don't hang on to them by going, you made me do this. You're making me suffer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Right. So, so that's the six. <laughs> There's another number that's really important. We might actually have time for that number. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it very quickly. It's the four. And the four, because it's 22, the four is about foundation, creating the foundation. We have to do the work. We have to devote ourselves to learning how to create a new system. Lovely. Well, I know we're running out of time here, and we didn't get to talk about your beautiful card deck, 
But I was hoping you can share with my listeners where they can learn more about you and also your Illuminating Journey card deck. Yes, I'd love to. So my website, gendershen.com, they can learn all about me there. My cards are there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> and thank you to Eric, my brilliant producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Really love the show. Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuraatlovefromthehip.com. And tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Love from the Hip. Stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.